the saga of the hack of extramarital online dating site Ashley Madison, tagline, life is short, have an affair, shows no signs of stopping. Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, executive editor for Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with Stephen Cody, chief security evangelist at AlertLogic. Stephen, you've been reviewing the leaked data. What really jumps out for you about this breach? It was an interesting thing last month when they announced that they had the data breach and that Team Impact came out and they put out a whole manifesto about why they were doing it and what they were doing with the data. But actually posting it openly was pretty interesting because now a lot of people have been able to search through it and find out that it's kind of crazy that a lot of people actually use their actual work email addresses for authentication and for setting up the accounts. And, you know, I saw something that Graham Coley mentioned earlier about it could be a fake, right? You could set up, I think he used the example of Barack Obama. You could do Barack Obama at whitehouse.gov. But the interesting thing is, is that Ashley Madison also sends out weekly emails to all their members. So, I mean, it would have definitely got caught that, hey, you know, somebody's using Barack.Obama at whitehouse.gov because I'm getting all these emails spammed from Ashley Madison. So that's one factor of it because they do no verification. That's absolutely a possibility, but it would have been quickly identified based on the spam that they send out on a weekly basis. But the fact that there's so many companies that people that use those corporate email addresses to sign up for these accounts really puts the company at risk just for the reason that now, instead of blackmailing somebody, hey, you know, I'm going to give all this data to your spouse unless you pay me $100 or $1,000 or whatever. Now, somebody could potentially say, hey, like I mentioned, there's several financial institutions in here, right? So I contact this guy at the financial institution and say, hey, I have a large credit card debt. I need this debt wiped out. Or based on your Facebook, you're married and three children, and I'm going to give all this information to your spouse. That really puts some of the companies at risk based on that type of scenario. Now, we haven't seen that scenario played through, but the potential of it is there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm going through the data dump. I mean, there were a ton of like Yahoo.coms and Gmail, and I even found an old Netscape account that was out there. But tracking those to individuals that work at certain companies is a little bit more of a task than just having actually Army.mil or something like that that's blatantly right there on the site. And the interesting part about all the data that was released was that not only did they put out the email addresses that were there, but they put out the profiles of the people. They put out credit card transactions as well as their login IDs and passwords. So, I mean, that gives you the full profile of that person. Like I said, a malicious actor could wrap that up and say, I'm going to give this to your spouse or significant other unless you do XYZ for me. Hey, you guys just came out with a new product. I'd really like to get a copy. The sky's the limit really there. And one of the things I was trying to identify is that this didn't affect one industry. It affected everybody, from the military, the government, to simple things like Starbucks and financial institutions, education, healthcare, insurers. Everybody's out there. Definitely. And also on a global context, right? We see data from all over the place here. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. In the UK alone, I mean, there was governments, military, and financial institutions. I believe there was almost a million different accounts that were registered. Wow. And then just in terms of, from a business standpoint, what businesses should be doing about this, Forrester analyst Rick Holland was tweeting a bit saying, if I was 
an internal security team, I would be grabbing this data dump and going through it to see if any of my executives are in there along the lines of what you were saying to try to get ahead of anyone who might be trying to take advantage of their indiscretions. What do you think about that? No, I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, there's several technologies that you can utilize to monitor email transactions of those individuals because you're going to want to see if somebody's going to make that, for lack of words, the blackmail call, right? That Send that email saying, hey, I want this in exchange for that. And they're going to want to keep an eye out on those emails. They should be probably starting to think about really limiting the ability of the mail services, work functions only, HR, and corporate security policies have traditionally gone unenforced in the past. I've been running security teams for well over a decade, and I can tell you consequences are usually just a slap on the wrist. Really, everybody kind of laughs about corporate security policies because nobody really enforces them. So to be able to empower your corporate security team to work with HR to enforce and actually have actual consequences for these type of violations needs to be done. You need to start supporting that security team. Should we start empowering the team to do their job efficiently and to invest in the proper amount of people, process, and technologies to build a comprehensive security strategy? This also means, like you mentioned earlier, having threat research and intelligence functions that are actually mining for this type of lost and stolen data all the time so that they can understand and get ahead of the risks that our employees introduce into our environments. I've been with companies that have invested millions, tens of millions of dollars in security, and it takes one individual to bypass that. One individual to click on that email, that phishing email that lets an attacker into that network. So, I mean, it really comes down to the people are the biggest risk to any organization. And so, as you mentioned, having a security team intelligence research functions that are monitoring, looking for this type of data, not only with Ashley Madison, but start looking at your supply chain. If they have a data breach, is there an email address or password that's linked to one of your users inside your organization? Because Unfortunately, our users are human, right? So they don't like to remember lots of different passwords. So usually they use a variation of a single password across multiple platforms. That gives an attacker a very good idea and lets them fine-tune their dictionary. And then you have things like social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, things where you can start profiling that individual and then you see the password is something out of what they do in their background or what they like or the characteristics that you'll see in social media. And now this gives you a profile of that individual, which gives you a good idea what their password in their corporate environment could potentially be. Right. Yes. All that inadvertent sort of data leakage. Yeah, I mean, Ashley Madison is just one of many. A team should be mining every data dump that comes up. And there's this one that came up just a few weeks ago. I was mulling through that one, and there's a lot of corporate email addresses in there. There's a lot of things these intelligence and research teams should be doing proactively by monitoring for these data dumps and analyzing the data as quickly as possible. Just to step back for a second, one of the biggest problems I hear about is, as you were saying with users, social engineering. It's still so easy to trick people into allowing something to happen they shouldn't, for example, executing malware, and then boom, like you said, millions in investment, one click down the drain. Does that tie into this more proactive mining threat intelligence, keeping an eye on users' emails for starters? Is this just all part and parcel of a good, advanced, proactive team and ethos? Absolutely. I mean, being proactive about your security by monitoring the email addresses that are floating around, the exposure. And there's a lot of tools out there that you can just put these email addresses out and they will monitor everything transaction that happens within your company or within that email server so that you can be reviewing that. There's a lot of behavior analysis that can take 
take place as well. Because if you know, for example, John Smith is nine to six type of employee, and he doesn't usually VPN in two o'clock in the morning. He doesn't access his workstations at different hours. That's a sign that if something happens after hours, which is outside of normal behavior, that there may be malicious activity happening. So having that threat intelligence and research that's mining, hey, what's exposed on the internet? What can people do to profile my employees and for me to watch the behavior of those lists or those email addresses or those usernames is very, very key to finding that needle in the haystack, that malicious activity that's just an anomaly that you won't see every day. And to be clear, we're not sure how the impact team got access to Ashley Madison, right? They haven't said, have they? They haven't. But looking at the data, they were running MySQL, so that really opens up a lot of possibilities. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how they did it, but the fact that they're running MySQL and there's potential for SQL injection, cross-site scripting, man-in-the-middle type of attacks, but I don't have any details on exactly how they did it. My last question for you, some of the things you called out were that there were more than 14,000 government officials' personal details in the data dump. I mean, that is pretty interesting slash impressive from the get-go. Is there anything else that jumped out at you from the data dump? It's just the combination of the data they put out there. Like I mentioned, the email addresses, the usernames, they even have account information, so they have credit card transactions. That's really interesting because, I mean, those are the people, the credit card transactions that get linked back to actual users. It's probably, in my opinion, the most damaging pieces of this because it's one thing to have a user ID out there just because you're curious, but if you're actually doing credit card transactions, then you're actually participating. So, I mean, I think it puts those kind of people at more risk than just your average just login user. Well put. Stephen, thanks very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. Appreciate that. For Information Security Media Group, this is Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.